It's Casey on the radio, the health and happiness show brought to you by Hudson Valley Hospital Center, a better place to get better. Hi, it's Casey. Thanks for tuning in today for a little health and happiness and happy Mother's Day weekend. I hope you're having a great weekend. Hey, you know what mothers don't like? Mothers don't like sibling rivalry. We've got an expert who can put that to an end in your house today. And cheers, Rob Mondavi Jr. joins us from his getaway in South Carolina. Yes, Rob Mondavi. We'll be talking about Mondavi style and relaxing. But first, we start by taking care of business with the profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, and some great advice from a very successful businessman. His name is Marcus Limonis, and he was adopted, as a matter of fact. He says his adoptive mom and dad gave him a chance. And season three of his TV show, The Prophet, starts Tuesday night at 10 on CNBC. And his business baby is Camping World. We've got one of those up in Kingston. So, Marcus, first, let's talk about the TV show. Well, uh, you know, the show is uh, going into its third season, and uh, I go into small businesses across the country and invest my own money, unlike other business turnaround shows, invest my own money and really... I do it for a stake in the business. And um, over the three seasons, which we're now in episode, you know, call it 25, I've invested $25 million uh, in small businesses across the country. And some have gone well and some, you know, not so well. So you have invested $25 million of your own money. Yeah, my own money. Isn't that crazy? Some people ask me to get my head examined. No, nope. I have. It's wonderful. And the show is called The Profit. We see season three begin Tuesday, May 12th at 10 p.m. Now, I want to ask you this. Of the $25 million that you've invested, what has been your big success story? Or maybe a couple? You know, we've had a number of uh, success stories. Uh, you know, one of the biggest success stories was one of the first episodes out of New York City. It was called Car Cash. Uh, we've had an ice cream manufacturer in New Jersey that's been a big success. Uh, we've had a women's clothier that's all over the country and in places like Florida and Colorado, that's been a real big success. And, you know, I think that in the case of the investments that work, it really all comes down to decent people. And the ones that don't work, even if they're great businesses, you know, you get some bad people, bad apples. Mm-hmm. Well, when it comes to decent people, I mean, you could write a book about that because you certainly are one. Can you tell people a little bit about your background? Well, uh, I, you know, my background's a, a little interesting. I was born in Beirut, Lebanon, lived in an orphanage, and I was adopted by an American family and raised in Miami, and uh, had a, a really a blessed family. I was given an opportunity to get a nice education. I went to Marquette University, spent some time in the automobile business, and then really the last 15 years of my life uh, have been really all about one business, which is Camping World. And we have a store in Kingston, New York, as, as you may or may not know. Mm-hmm. Camping World has been kind of really my... My pride and joy in my baby. We have 7,000 employees around the country and we'll do just, just shy of $4 billion in business this year. And um, anytime you can get into a business that offers people a chance to go out and spend time with their friends and their family, it, it, it obviously works. Mm-mm-mm-mm. What did your family give you, do you think, that made you who you are? Well, I would say they gave me a chance. Um, and that sounds maybe corny, but they gave me a chance. And in life, that's really all people want is a chance. I don't think anybody should be given anything except an opportunity. What they do with that opportunity is really up to them. And so when I go into these businesses and hand them a check and tell them, you know, that they're not in charge anymore, um, they're still getting an opportunity, an opportunity to look at things differently and to keep their business open. Mm. And that's that's what I feel like I've been given. Your slogan, people, process, product. The people come first. They not only come first, but they're multiplied by by a big number. You you can go into a business and the product, um, you know, can be fixed and the process can be changed. 
but sometimes it's hard to fix the people. And if you have good people, you can almost make any business work. You can have a great product and have great process, but bad people and it just won't work. Right. It really is that simple. What kind of traits do you have to have to be a good person when it comes to business? What's a good business people look like? I think the best business people are ones that understand people are most important. The employers recognize that their biggest asset isn't their inventory or their cash. It's the people that get up every day and work for them. And I think people struggle to recognize that and they struggle to reward those people. Um, And rewarding people isn't just with money. It's with recognition. It's with positive reinforcement. It's with discipline. It's with structure. In the absence of leadership, right, people listen to anybody. And mm. what, what people want is they want, to know, they want to know what the plan is. And I think too often business owners don't have a plan. Yes. And say, I want you to say that again. In the absence of leadership. Yeah, in the absence of leadership, people will listen to anybody and anything. And I think that's a big, a big part of what's missing in business. People just need to be leaders. Wow. People need to be leaders. Excellent. Excellent. You know, are you going to write a book about this? I'm not going to write a book. Uh, People have asked me that a lot. I I just don't want to be that guy that does what everybody else does, which is writes a book and goes on a book tour and kind of panhandles a book. I think that I want to come up with a more creative way to control content so that people can get it for free. Mm. And whether that's doing it, you know, on the show or doing it with a kind of a web, like an internet network or whatever it may be, I want to do it in a way where people feel like they can access it and they can get snippets of it and they can start and stop it when they want. And I just don't feel like a book is very original. And? I don't think it's an original idea. Marcus Limonis, this is why I adore you. The Prophet starts Tuesday, May 12th at 10. This is, we're talking about season three. I always say on this show, I can tell who the genuine people are. And these are the ones who call in and give away their advice for free and say, here's how to do it. And they don't push the book. The ones that work in, and you can get this at Amazon.com three times into the interview. You know, and I always say, feed the people. If you're going to feed my listeners, I'll have you on the show. If you're going to push the book, uh, you know, I'll suffer through. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what's most interesting about it, right? This show started on a network that had literally no viewership. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, very small in terms of primetime mm-hmm. ratings. And I think the reason this show has worked is that I feel like we've put together a very authentic message uh, in a very consistent way. And I, I think when people watch it and they compare it to other shows, they really feel like they have a relationship with all the characters. They feel like they know what happens at the end, good or bad. They feel like they, they have a better sense of business or that particular business and you leave kind of either feeling a little bit of hope and satisfied or you leave feeling upset and you threw your remote at the TV because mm-hmm. of what happened. It, but it, 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 it really ignites something, some emotion of some kind. Right. And we do it pretty consistently and, and uh, you know, the show has grown in popularity probably bigger than I ever thought it would be and I think it's got, it's got a lot more opportunity. On CNBC. CNBC. People always say MSNBC, but you know what's funny? If they know the show, they find it. They find it. They find find it. it. All right. We have just a few minutes left. So for the listeners who are tuned in and they are small business owners, what can you tell them? Well, I can tell them that in order for them to be successful, they, they really have to understand their people. But here's my best advice. Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur, and I don't know that people understand what that means. And there's a couple of things that I want. Young kids coming out of college or even people that are working in a job they don't like today, you can't be an entrepreneur unless you have worked for somebody else unless you know what it feels like to be fired, unless you know what it feels like to be accountable, unless you know what it feels like to have coworkers. Because when you become the employer and you remember what that felt like, you'll treat people with a lot of respect. 
I think the other thing is don't borrow money from your mom or your dad to open your business. It's a bad idea um, because if they lose it, it makes Thanksgiving very uncomfortable. And I think the third is if you're going to have your family in business, create very clear lines uh, and they'll have the lines be so clear that if it doesn't work, you, you can you can have them not work there and have, you know, the whole family not fall apart. And that's, I see that a lot. Very good. Very good advice. So we'll go to MarcusLimonis.com for more advice. You know, we're back on next Tuesday night um, right. at 10 p.m. East. I, I tell you this, next Tuesday's episode is one of my favorite. It's a little different episode because it, it has a, a, little, a lot more um, substance in terms of, you know, why businesses fail. And it's not all about percentages and calculators and spreadsheets. It's a lot more about what really goes on in business and how things fall apart and how you can put them back together. And I think next Tuesday, people will leave um, feeling that, that anything's possible. Anything is possible, says the man who was adopted as an infant from Beirut, raised in Florida, and now runs the $4 billion Camping World Empire. See him on CNBC Tuesday night for the new season of The Prophet. Coming up next, peaceful parents, happy siblings. What your kid is really thinking when you put him in timeout. That's next. It's Casey on the radio. The Health and Happiness Show. Brought to you by Dr. David Bank at the Center for Dermatology in Mount Kisco. Visit thecenterfordurham.com. I was brought to the emergency room on a Saturday afternoon after suffering from a headache for about three days. Debbie Aglietti was nervous, but she didn't want to alarm anyone. She had her husband drop her off at the Hudson Valley Hospital Center, No Wait ER, on the way to taking their sons to a basketball game. Before my husband even came back, I had been seen by two nurses, a doctor, was totally pain-free, and was waiting for the neurology consult. This No Wait ER is no joke. I did not even sit down in the waiting room. Debbie's diagnosis, a viral condition. She spent three nights at Hudson Valley Hospital Center. I can just go on and on about this hospital. The way that they care for their patients, the way that they care for each other, it's just a better place to get better. Hudson Valley Hospital Center practices a different kind of medicine. They call it patientology. For more information, visit hvhc.org or call 1-800-482-4842. Have alcohol or drug dependence made your life or the life of someone you love unmanageable? For more than 100 years, St. Christopher's Inn has been the place where men in crisis find hope. Located in Garrison, New York, St. Christopher's Inn is a residential shelter and substance abuse treatment center where no man is turned away because of race, religion, or ability to pay. If you or someone you know needs to find a way out of addiction, call us at 800-424-0027 or visit our website at stchristophersin.org. Okay, moms, happy Mother's Day. We've got some advice from Dr. Laura Markham on peaceful parenting. Peaceful parent, happy siblings, how to stop the fighting and raise friends for life. Dr. Markham says, no timeouts and no consequences. Think about that. Dr. Markham says, don't make them apologize when the kids are fighting. This goes against how many families raise their children, and it's definitely not the way I was brought up. But we can always learn something new. 
Dr. Laura Markham back with another book to make mom's life a little easier. And she's going to give me a little therapy, too. When did we last get together? Yes, we spoke, I think, when my first book came out at the end of 2012. Well, I'm happy to have you back again in the Hudson Valley, Westchester in the Hudson Valley. You're a Brooklyn girl, right? That's right. All right. Um, First, Dr. Markham, I need to share with you that my brother John was the worst big brother ever in the world growing up. He did terrible things like hide my retainer under the base of the globe. We didn't find it for months. He did things like, I know, right? That's clever. He showed my training bra to all of his friends. You know, things like that. Oh, no, how mortifying. Mortifying. He was a terrible big brother. Absolutely terrible. And when we fought, my mother would make us sit down facing each other holding hands. And how did that work? It didn't work. It didn't work. I don't think we ever had a civil conversation until he went away to college. That's why I am so happy to be holding in my hands your one wonderful book, Peaceful Parent, Happy Siblings, How to Stop the Fighting and Raise Friends for Life. What a great concept to raise friends. You know, the skills that allow kids to work out their conflicts and become friends for life are the same skills that allow them to have a rewarding relationship with their colleagues, their classmates, their husbands and wives, eventually. So we want to teach kids. You know, conflict is part of every relationship. We want to teach kids how to work things out. And this book is designed to do that, to give parents those skills. Conflict is the par- is part of every relationship. You know, I guess I never got that. I just thought if there's fighting, well, then everything must be terrible and usually it was all my fault. (laughs) One thing you talk about right away is that you should build a strong emotional connection with each child. I thought, wow, is it possible that a parent doesn't have a strong emotional connection with each child? Well, you know, the parent thinks there's a strong emotional connection. Every parent, we know we would die for our children, so of course there's a connection. But our children don't always feel it in the same way. What matters is how that child feels. So I'm betting that your brother John, when you were born, Mm -hmm. had the same reaction my son had when my daughter was born, which is, she can't even play with me, and that was the point. Can we send her back? Oh, wow. Can we send her back? And I realized, having read the research, that he was going to end up really resenting her and probably eventually showing her training brought to his friends unless <laughs> I figured out a way to nip that in the bud. And so what I did is I read the research, and I discovered that emotion is the key to it. If I could help him with his tangled up emotions that were making him resentful, that were making him feel so threatened by this baby, you know, that were making him worry that I love the baby more and, you know, with his, his genes from the Stone Age, you know, if a tiger jumps out of the bushes, who's mom going to save, me or the baby, wow. right? Wow. Right? And so I realized I had to help him feel valued just for himself, seen, heard, valued. It couldn't all be about the baby. He had to feel like he was still the apple of my eye. I could have two apples of my eye, right? There's more than enough love to go around, even though I only have two hands. And, and I had to help him. He had to be allowed to voice his resentment because, you know, the amazing thing, and we know this as adults, you come home from work and you blow off steam to your partner and you do feel better. And so he had to be able to say to me, I hate having a baby. And I had to say, instead of saying, don't say such mean things, Mm. which would have just sent it underground so he would have, you know, pinched the baby in secret. Instead, I had to say, I know, sweetie, sometimes it's hard to have a baby in the house. I guess it makes you really mad sometimes to have to share me and to have to, to wait for your turn for me to help you with your shoes when I'm tending the baby. That's hard. You know, you can always tell me when you feel this way. I'll always help you. Wow. I'll always understand. And that and is You know what? I would yeah. say that. Yeah, I would say that to him, and he would give me a big hug, and then he would go play, 
And then I would see him a little bit later go over to the baby and stroke her gently. Wow. All right, so building that strong emotional connection. This is hard work, moms. You've got a lot of work to do. But that is the most essential tool to reduce sibling rivalry. And, you know, I think it's work either way. When our children fight with each other, it's the most aggravating thing for parents, right? Oh, my goodness. I just, all I want for Mother's Day is for my children to get along. That's what moms tell me. Right. And so it's work either way. If we can do the work early on of helping each child feel valued and help them with their feelings, we sort of open up the space for them to develop a relationship. And then if we can give them the skills. You know, we don't have to be the one to jump in and, you know, take sides and tell, decide who's right and who's wrong. That's not our job. Our job is to teach them how to express their needs and wants to each other without attacking the other person. And then they can work things out with each other. And so it's actually less work over time because you don't have to be in the middle of everything. Right. You don't have to be in the middle. Dr. Laura Markham, author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, now back with Peaceful Parent, Happy Siblings, How to Stop the Fighting and Raise Friends for Life. On page 48, you talk about how to help each child with big emotions when you have more than one child that's upset. And you say, don't try to teach. Like, say, if you hadn't done that, your sister, if you hadn't done that to your sister, everything would be fine. Next time, listen when I tell you, la, la, la. Why shouldn't you try to teach when everybody's upset? Well, because the frontal cortex where you do your thinking is offline when you're upset. I mean, think about it. When you're really upset about something, you're not thinking straight. You're in a state of emergency, fight, flight, or freeze. And once you calm down, you can think straight. So your child needs help to first calm down. Your job is first to soothe everybody, to restore a sense of safety. You know, yes, your sister, you know, took your toy and you were really mad at her. You know, no, you can't hit. And, you know, let's talk about what you can do instead. But none of that can happen until after your child is not so upset. Right. Everybody has to calm down. And you say don't make kids apologize to each other? Well, there's research on this. You know, you're right to want to have children repair where their relationship got torn a little bit. That's the right thing to do. But forcing them to apologize doesn't actually make the repair. So the research on couples shows that when someone in the couple, when you have a fight, someone apologizes because they sort of feel like they have to because they were wrong, they, it's not sincere if they're still angry, and it's not effective. Mm. They feel resentful, and the person who's apologized to knows it's not sincere, so it doesn't repair anything. So for children, it's the same thing. Instead, help them pass being mad. Listen to their side. Well, yes, he was mean to his sister, but he was mad at her for something, too. It may not be a good reason. He's never allowed to be mean to her, but you have to listen to his side of it, too, so he feels heard. And then he's able to see, you know, sweetie, I see why you were mad. And no matter how mad you get, you cannot break your sister's toy. Now, you, you know, you need to figure out a way to make that up to her. You don't say that until after he's past being so mad. And now, then he can really, he really does want to make things better with his sister, but not while he's mad. Right. Brother John pulled the arm off my Raggedy Ann doll, just for fun, by the way. Exactly. Exactly. And if your mother had had this book, none of this would have happened, <laughs> because she would have helped John with his resentment about you at a much earlier age. I'm sitting in the now. <laughs> <laughs> with a note. Right. Mom, here's what I needed to get you. There's research that shows that even when kids fight, even when they do these mean things to each other, if you can facilitate positive interactions, that's the most important indicator of whether your children will grow up close and stay friends for life. It's the, it's the positive interactions. So in the book, I give parents all these tips about how they can facilitate every single day positive interactions between their children so that no matter what negative interactions happen, you can reduce the charge in those, but you can also balance them with a the positive interaction. So you say no timeouts. Think about it. 
you know, your kids are fighting, your son knocks down your, his little brother's tower, and you say, that's it, your brother worked so hard on that, that's so mean, you know better, to time out for you. And your four-year-old sits in timeout. Now, what does your four-year-old do in the timeout? Does he think, I wish I was a better big brother, I'll be better next time, I'd like to be a nicer person to my brother. No, he thinks, it's all my brother's fault, mom always takes his side, she loves him more. And you're increasing the sibling rivalry by punishing him. Instead, instead, you go and you say, wow, you two were so upset. Tell me about it. You sit here and you sit here and you touch each child. Mm -hmm. So you stay connected while each one tells their story. And you say, huh, oh, wow, no wonder you were so mad. Yeah, I hear you. Hmm. So you're saying this, so you're saying that. Not to decide who's right, but so they each feel heard. And then you get to the end of that. You take a deep breath. You say, let's everybody take a few deep breaths. And then you look at the kid who did the knocking down and you say, you were really mad. Your brother hears why you were mad and I hear why you were mad. It's never okay to knock down his tower. I wonder what you could do to make things better. And if he's still too mad, he's not going to do it then. He'll do it later. But most of the time, by then, he feels good enough that he's going to say, I I guess I could help you build a new tower, Joey. Peaceful parents, happy siblings, how to stop the fighting and raise friends for life. Do you have a website? AhaParenting.com. AhaParenting.com. A great resource from Dr. Laura Markham. Hi, it's Casey. We're going to relax on the deck and have a glass of wine with Rob Mondavi next. You're listening to Casey on the radio. Fun and inspiration. Find out more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Health and Happiness Show. Some dates to remember. May Fest, Music, Art, Yoga, May 22nd, 23rd, and 24th at Camp Lake Surprise in Cold Spring. Find me in the Healing Tent offering Reiki sessions. You can go to MayFestNY.com. And our next Health and Happiness Ladies Lunch is Sunday, May 31st. Visit CaseyOnTheRadio.com for details. I hope to see you there. Winemaker Rob Mondavi Jr. is here with a great idea for your deck. It's true. He's found a company that matches his company's values when it comes to building a relaxing oasis in your home. Have you ever been to the Hudson Valley, Rob? You know what? I've, um, I've not been out there, but I'm looking forward to checking it out. I understand that uh, you have a little more green space than most of us in the rest of the country would ever even imagine, and the beauty of your uh, countryside is, is just majestic. A lot of horse country, from what I've heard as well. Yeah, you got that right. Absolutely got that right. You know, it's hard to call you Rob Mondavi Jr. because Robert Mondavi just automatically comes out of my mouth. Well, absolutely. You know, that is the family lineage. My father, uh, Michael Mondavi, and my grandfather, Robert, started the family business in the 60s. And, uh, and I'm a fourth-generation winemaker, so I absolutely understand it. It's a, it's a remarkable history and heritage to be a part of, and I'm just absolutely tickled by it. Well, I just got back from Beaches, Turks, and Caicos. Very nice. How was that? Did you, uh, did you use a little sunblock like a responsible person nowadays? I use my sunblock, and they pour exclusively Robert Mondavi wines. I love hearing that. And uh, and then in the future, you know, I'm going to have to uh, to let you taste some of our new wines, like our Spellbound Chardonnay that I think you'll love as well. I'm glad to hear that you're raising a glass of wine and, and enjoying the, the proper way of life. Absolutely. Now tell me about this outdoor oasis. What's going on? Oh, my goodness. So my darling wife, Lydia, is a, is a southern girl, and her family roots are originally in Charleston. And we found a beautiful little retreat over here in South Carolina on the beach. And we really wanted to enjoy low country, as they call it down here in the outdoor way of life and as you know the elements as you're next to the sea and the sun they're very difficult and my family being the fourth generation winemaking family we're very into and and take to heart uh, green and sustainable living so when we built this home this retreat and this beautiful porch and screened in uh, deck here we made absolutely certain to choose green products and so we partnered with Trex 
And the reason we did that, uh, first and foremost, great color selection, beautiful composite materials. I don't have to worry about my sun getting splinters as the sun starts to degrade a, you know, a wood deck because it's composite. But I really, I'm getting back to the green point of my family and, and our, our core beliefs. This deck is made from 95% uh, post-consumable plastics and products. So the green attributes of this are just remarkable. And maintenance, no maintenance whatsoever. So it'll wipe down or spray down and we're done. And I prefer that, again, going back to the green aspect because you're not sanding a deck, oiling or staining. And it's just, I can enjoy this place without having the maintenance of it. And it's absolutely stunning as well. Wow. Now, when you say 95% post-consumable, break that down to an English term I can understand. I get you. So all those little milk jugs or plastic bags, all that refuse that just doesn't break down in our landfills and other areas. You know, Trex has figured out how to reclaim these products and create a beautiful composite deck or furniture that not only is beautiful, it's green, and it lasts a long time. And I love the commitment they made. You know, we've made a choice within our vineyards to be green and fish-friendly and sustainable and organic, and they've made a beautiful choice to really help us out environmentally and to be able to create some beautiful products as well. So I'm really proud to be able to, to work with a product like this because it fits with my family values. Rob Mondavi, Howes and Pinterest are the places to explore when you're looking for that Mondavi style. Check it out. Happy Mother's Day weekend. Enjoy yourself, and we will see you next week on the Health and Happiness Show. You've been listening to Casey on the Radio. Hear more at CaseyOnTheRadio.com. The information shared on this show is intended for general information purposes only. You can contact Casey through the website, CaseyOnTheRadio.com.